the animation in this show in general kind of looks like a video game cutscene. You know, like the the, the in, one in, the one you're mash- game engine cutscene like a video game cutscene, you know, like the the one that you're mashing the A button as fast as you can to try and skip so you can uh, get onto the hype, like web slinging sequence. back listeners to another episode of the laser comb podcast your favorite podcast where two 90s kids comb through classic television with a fine-tooth laser this is episode 38 and i am one of your hosts neo cal and i am joined by the one and only siege that's me i'm the same <laughs> i went from spider-man audio listeners i just went from spider-man to vulcan live long and prosper listeners Live long and prosper. Yeah, uh, web on and live web on. on. Web on and li- there, there you go. <laughs> yeah, web on and live on. There I've we go. Wa- I've been watching that uh, new Star Trek series, Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. I uh, lately uh, that's currently oh, yeah. airing. So how's, how's that going? <laughs> so good. It's it it is. Uh, and listeners, where we're this is not a Star Trek podcast, but real quick, I'm going to gush about this show. <laughs> I wish I would love to do a Star Trek podcast, um, but there are like 50 million of them out there already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, St- Star Trek Strange New Worlds. It's it mo- like it feels like classic Trek, but modernized, which is one of the big problems with the new Star Trek shows is they just they don't really feel like Star Trek. But the show does. Oh, it gets that feel right. Yeah, it, what you're it, saying. Yeah, it captures it, the the formula, the format, the tone, uh, the humor. Because like, uh, like Star Trek can be very serious, but it it does have a bit of like jovial playfulness to it at times. Oh and yeah. That, and the show captures that. It's fucking great. Highly recommend uh, Strange New Worlds. And the uh, latest episode just introduced a very charismatic, uh, canonically non-binary villain. Interesting. Well, there you go. Uh, shout out to yeah, Star, <laughs> the Star Trunk, keeping it keeping it going strong. Yeah, when uh, that show gets canceled, uh, eventually, uh, you, you bet your ass we're going to review an episode of it on this show. Speaking of canceled, guess what we're reviewing? That's uh, right, Spider Man: The New Animated Series. episode <laughs> uh yeah so we're we're this week on the laser comb podcast uh as cal mentioned we're talking about uh, a show that was actually while it was airing just known as spider-man uh yeah. but it's kind of retroactively been dubbed spider-man the new animated series and i have the the show on dvd because i found it at a pawn shop like a year or so ago for like literally like two dollars yeah you basically panned for gold because this 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 bitch is so hard to find um Uh, speaking of which so let's let's quickly talk about uh because that's part of the laser 
comb experience, how we came to watch the episode. Whether it's sailing the seven seas, panning for gold in a in a pawn, pawn shop, or um, that, that that might actually uh, going forward on this show, it might actually be worthwhile to um, uh, to state at either at the beginning or the end of an episode where like where the show is available on like what I, streaming. Yeah, service we or we've touched on that before, but kind of just because it's a fun thing, we've never made a point of yeah of let, mentioning it. So maybe let's. let's Let's do that going forward. So this show isn't uh, available so on anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, so let, let's go through uh, the process of it. Um, you looked and found it's not available anywhere, right? Yep. Um, I, I, just, and... I just happened to have this DVD that I found, again, that I found at a pawn shop in Victoria, BC for like two bucks, like a year or, or a year, year and a half ago. And um, my experience with it after I found out, I couldn't find it anywhere was like all right little buddy <clears throat> here we go you know uh hoist the jolly roger where <laughs> we're sailing the seven seas our um, our no. matey our matey it be time for some piracy <laughs> let, let me tell you um the the booty was not bountiful uh there was one person seating it that never like logged on in the last few days <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, what the hell? And my partner was like, here you go. And linked me to something called KimCartoon.li. I'm sure it's definitely not sketchy. Um, <laughs> kind of reminds me when we were looking for like but OG make, Kino's journey. Make sure you fire up uh, uh, malware bytes. Yeah, I was going to say, like, go in that with uh, some ad block and some and Windows. Uh, uh, defender like at the ready um no no it's it's been fine checking it out um and it's on there and yeah. it works fine even with ad block up and and everything um the episode list is uh yeah so it's, it's kind of a mess it is <laughs> and we'll we'll get into that uh, uh shortly here so spider-man the new animated series aired for one season on uh, MTV in 2003. I actually remember watching this, uh, uh, catching Feels a couple... Feels really MTV. It does. Uh, ironically, though, the show was cancelled, even though it actually had decent ratings. It was cancelled by N MTV because they said it didn't fit with their programming. Which is kind of ironic. Because <laughs> it, well, like it, it does feel... You don't spiders? It does feel very MTV. Uh, I remember catching a couple of episodes of this show actually back like, while it was airing back in the day, back in like um, 2003 or 2004. I, although I think it was like Much Music, which is the Canadian equivalent to MTV. Right, yeah. I think it was Much Music that was airing it or Much More Music. Which Much More and much, yeah. Much, so MTV like used to be a music video channel. Same with Much Music. I think Much Music actually predates MTV, funny enough, uh, by a couple of years. Oh. Um I could be wrong about that, but uh, much music and MTV like became kind of a punchline in the 90s because they moved away from showing music videos and started doing like basically everything else. Everything else. Everything um, else. And then in but... the 2000s, it settled on like really bad reality TV. 
Right. Much Music actually like carried the torch in up here in Canada. Yes. Actually carried yeah. the torch for music videos well into the 2000s, like into the late 2000s. But they launched a spin-off channel, a sister channel called Much More Music, which was basically like their version of MTV. Like which yeah. was basically they launched a separate channel to do what MTV was doing in uh basically showing absolutely anything but music little show called the flavor of love where <laughs> flavor flav had a dating reality tv show Oh god <laughs> that's real i'm i, I, I believe it sounds it. completely made up and from the shadow verse that is fucking true <laughs> um that's how i so, found out the guy's got like 11 kids oh <laughs> wow it's maybe it's not 11 but it's it's up there I, i'm sure um, it's 11. the dude uh what what did we get for like much much music out uh, like pop-up radio what what pop was up, that thing pop-up video was actually pop up video. A, um uh well mtv had a sister channel as well called vh1 um that's and it pop, yeah pop-up pop video was from vh1 oh okay well but, we would get those on much uh music yeah much music had a uh, uh i i was all about the much music countdown i think it aired every oh, yeah. friday and it would be basically it would be a two-hour programming block of, I think, 20 music videos, like the, the 20 most yes. requested music videos yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, of the Can week. Can you tell we lived in small towns or <laughs> or we didn't have a lot going on at the time? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I was all fucking all about the Much Music Countdown back in the day. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, indeed. I discovered so much great music in the... Uh, in the 90s and then most of those songs that you would see on the much music countdown week in and week out at eventually would either end up if it was like rock or alternative would end up on a compilation cd called big shiny tunes which, i was gonna say this is definitely coming coming full circle back to big shiny Tunes. totally um which say that say the uh the name big shiny tunes to any canadian who's like 30 or above and they'll know exactly what you're talking about oh yeah and they'll even they'll probably tell you which volume was their favorite was their favorite you might yeah. be able to specify exactly how old they are based on what volume they say is their favorite yeah it's like probably if they say can remember every single song on it too if yeah my my favorite's big shiny tunes four Came out, I, yeah. came out in 99 and i can almost like remember the exact track list to it but um yeah so if someone's favorite uh cd was big shiny tunes one probably a gen xer i was gonna say yeah just reaching gen x at that point uh if they're yeah if they if someone's favorite is uh one or two probably uh like a younger gen x person if their favorites are three four five or six probably a millennial or no i definitely a millennial mm -hmm. yeah um but yeah so uh stuff from the much music countdown would either end up on big shiny tunes if it was rock or alternative or if it was uh pop dance music or hip-hop it would end up on much dance much dance that's what it is yeah um i had a couple much dance cds back in the day i think i had much dance 97 and 2000. yeah they were hype i i had one or two Oh, well, well, and what was did or something? Well, and what was cool about Much Dance too was they would actually cross like on the CD they would crossfade the songs so you could actually like play them at a, at a party. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, they they'd actually like crossfade rather than um, 
um, you know, just uh, rather than just a random set of tracks, rather than the song as just, a dance, rather than the song just ending and then going to the next song, the songs would crossfade into each other. Yeah, and iTunes users now are probably like, "Why is that special?" Because iTunes have you you can tweak that. Yeah, you can do that when, in iTunes. Yeah, and you you've always had like for fifteen years. It, <laughs> it feels like, but at the time that was hype shit. It, at the time that was kind of novel. Yeah, take away any need for like a DJ, and you just throw that shit in there, right? Yeah. And um, uh, now here we are. Uh, now music. here we. Now here we. Now watching Spider Man. Talking about Spider Man. Spider Man um, show that no one gives a shit about. You can tell it was on much, uh, much music because uh, this Spider Man fucks. Yep. And I called it early in the episode i'll mention it when we get there but i watched it with my partner and i was like you know what this spider-man fucks i can tell uh-huh and she was like what the fuck what no and then um mary jane comes along and um she's all like oh god like we're not together anymore peter god blah 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 like we're just supposed to be friends and then um uh Harry is his friend, Harry Osborne. He pipes up and he's like, Hey, we used to date too. So how come you never do this for me? And I'm like, Mary Jane, <laughs> fucking all everybody. And you're all friends. Cool. I, I see what's going on here. And then indeed at the end of the episode, I mean, there's like literal proof that he fucks at the end of the episode. Cause he yep. <laughs> bangs his coworker. Yep. And I'm like, you know what? not a lot i'm i'm liking about this but spider-man fucks and what more can i ask for well that's it ladies and gentlemen it's the laser spider-man fucks (laughs) and he's got good taste i i was a i was a fan of that uh his co-worker there indy um but anyway Mm -hmm. so uh this show was like i said it aired on mtv in 2003 it was canceled and it uh was supposed to be kind of a loose continue originally was supposed to be like kind of a loose canonical continuation of the first film the first spider-man film because this came out really yeah yeah because that first uh toby mcguire spider-man film came out in uh uh 2002 and then this aired in 2003 ironically the the day that this the final episode of this show aired was the day that spider-man 2 was announced which is kind of funny to me. Um, and then uh, the show ended up being immediately retconned by the events of Spider-Man 2 that just completely like contradicted like everything uh, that happened in the so show. So it's like kind of canon to a point. Um, kind of canon who, to a point, who? but but uh, uh, Spider-Man is... Uh, uh, and that was actually kind of a trend at the time with... Uh, like big movies they would usually have like some kind of like animated show to accompany them that would and video game that would accompany to accompany them that would be when they come out they they're they kind of treat them as they're like in canon with the movie but then the next movie comes out and it immediately just like retcons it and because no one cares the views are all going to happen when the show's new exactly so i i get that kind of like level of marketing um, we uh, can't there's... follow. We can't follow the Matrix's level of marketing, which was like, 
involved comics and anime and <laughs> and it's all canon including the bad mmo no and, bad. and it and indeed it is all canon and nothing in any of those movies or any of that cross media even with the latest matrix movie that came out which is impressive n- none of it contradicts each other nothing nope. nothing is contradictory and nothing else has ever touched that level of cross media uh like canonical strata nothing <laughs> i um i i, I challenge you <laughs> i didn't uh i you liked that latest matrix movie a lot more than i did but i still admire the fact that it's like treats treats the matrix online an mmo from two that ran from 2005 to 2009 that there is literally no way to play now yeah. <laughs> that it still treats that as canon it doesn't yep. it doesn't retcon it at all and i i admire the 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 gumption behind that yeah remember we uh, he's a programmer for like a metaverse type like game and he had like references on his computer and like posters for the matrix mmo yeah which i thought was kind of i was like oh wow sweet <laughs> Uh, so this Spider-Man show actually has a pretty uh, superstar uh, uh, cast to it. Uh, Spider-Man Peter Parker slash Spider-Man himself is voiced by Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mary Jane Watson is voiced by Lisa Loeb, who uh, is not a name I'm familiar with, but I looked her up on Wikipedia and apparently she's a uh, singer and has released many albums over the past couple decades. Um. Harry Osborne is voiced by uh, uh, Ian Z- uh, Ian Ziering, who is from uh, Beverly Hills 90210. Uh, funny enough, also voiced Vinny in Biker Mice from Mars, which we covered on an episode of this podcast. Nice. Uh, the Lizard was voiced by Rob Zombie in one episode. Uh, Kathy Griffin. Wild. Kathy, Wild. Kathy what? Griffin was in an episode. Craven the Hunter was voiced by Michael Dorn. Who you'll who will all know as Commander Worf from Star Trek? Wild, what? Uh, Kingpin was voiced by Michael Clark Duncan, reprising his role from the uh, uh, 2003 Daredevil film. Yeah, I was going to say the well-received uh, <laughs> right? Daredevil movie. Uh, the director's cut's a lot better than than the theatrical cut, but that movie is very like fundamentally misguided. <laughs> Uh, in uh what what daredevil is mm-hmm. as a character uh keith david uh is in one episode keith keith david uh one of my favorite character actors of all time he was uh childs in john carpenter's the thing he did the voice of spawn he's been in a million things mm-hmm. clancy brown uh was in one episode clancy brown the kurgan from uh oh highlander yeah uh, Virginia Madsen plays Silver Sable in this episode. Uh, Got some star power going. Yeah, there's some right? huge, huge, huge names involved in this show. Uh, and again, that's another way you could really feel that this is an MTV show and not like a Saturday morning cartoon. Uh, and what about the animation studio? Ah, uh, the animation studio. The animation was done by Mainframe Entertainment. Hey, <laughs> so we're uh, we're we're keeping it in the Lasercomb canon. We're carrying on with the Lasercomb canon of covering Mainframe Entertainment shows. Um, um 
so good we old sh- mainframe entertainment you know it'd be wild is to do a uh because uh, we, we we've been doing themed months on this show now for the past like right. several months do a mainframe month with the ex- and just exclude all of the shows that we've covered like beast wars beast machines reboot what would that leave Shadow us? Shadow Raiders. With anything uh, if you look them up on Wikipedia, they've actually done a ton of shows over the years. So here's the thing. This is, uh, what, what was this? Uh, early 2000s? 2003? 2003, yep. Kind of looks like hot poo. So, can, so we the, ca- can we please just address that um, 1994's uh, reboot looks looks better? So the, the, better this. this show has like a cell shaded animation style that was really, I, I think it was kind of pioneered by um, uh, the video game uh, Jet Set Radio on the Dreamcast. Uh, that was that was the first time I ever saw cell shaded animation. And it actually became like a really big trend in the early to mid 2000s. Like you were right. seeing cell shaded animation everywhere. <laughs> um, which also brings up my next criticism besides it looking bad right the writing um yeah um not sure what was going on here but uh like you, you I, gotta feed your the, the you gotta feed the uh the creature that you like tempt with like scraps of food that you get to write these episodes with something a little more than um you know um exposure because <laughs> If they paid writers for this, uh, I'm sorry. This is so. This, this show was, was pretty fucking bad, man. Th- this show <laughs> was developed by Brian Michael Bendis, who at this point is a legendary comic book writer. Um, yeah, he he was the uh, he he was the the brainchild behind uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, which this show is kind of taking inspiration from the ultimate spider-man comic which successfully long before the days of miles morales uh back in i think it was 2000 99 or 2000 or 2001 somewhere around there right um uh brian michael bendis uh wrote a comic called ultimate spider-man even i'm familiar with it which, ultimate x-men and ultimate spider-man I'm which launched which launched an entire line of comics that lasted for like 15 years known <laughs> as the the ultimate universe which the idea behind it was to reboot old uh like og uh marvel heroes and make the make their origins and more contemporary and hey you know what it worked because that got me from being it got the filthy casual like me into comics. Like I, the, I really like Ultimate Spider-Man and Ultimate X-Men. Uh, the Ultimate Fantastic Four comic is really good. There, there you go. Yeah. I would check that out because I know I liked the other Ultimate stuff. Yeah, I, I, I was reading that back in the day. I read uh, there was a uh, there was a mini series written by Damon Lindelof at, for, of Lost fame. The show lost mm-hmm. uh called uh ultimate hulk versus wolverine it was marred by delays like the first two issues came out and then it took like i think a year and a half for the remaining issues to come out um but uh yeah i remember reading that i read uh i read a little bit of ultimate spider-man and ultimate x-men uh the ultimates um the ultimate oh, universe also uh introduced uh samuel l jackson as nick fury 
<laughs> like actually before the MCU and the the artist uh, Brian Hitch uh, that was done by Mark Millar and artist uh, Brian Hitch. Brian Hitch has stated on numerous occasions that he based and when you read the comic too, this comic came out in like 2003, I think when you read the comic too, like it looks like Samuel L. Jackson with an eye patch. Okay, I was going to ask you which had come first because I was confused back then. I was like, wait. And I like looked at the dates and I was like, is this Samuel L. Jackson? Like, yeah. did, did they get his permission? Did they, they know they got he was his going to be yeah. cast? Did they whatever? Um, but I don't know if they knew he was going to be cast. No, as, they, um, no, no. This was, uh, like I said, this was like 2003 and the first Iron Man movie didn't even come out until like 2008. So, I wonder if that influenced him oh, being it, cast oh, as Nick Shields and oh, it one hundred percent did. Oh, there was yeah. a um, <laughs> uh, and a lot of the uh, a lot of the like element a lot of elements from the MCU. Not not really story elements, but like a lot of like the visual aesthetic, like the way the costumes look and everything, is taken directly from the Ultimate Universe. It, it looks like almost one to one at times. Yeah. Yeah, like That's Captain cool. Amer- Captain America's costume, especially his uh, his World War II costume, which I always really been a big fan of in that first Captain America movie. Yeah. Uh, that was taken directly from the Ultimates comic. Nice. Um, uh, but yeah, so the the Ultimates universe, uh, Ultimate Spider Man, definitely had an influence on this show as well. I don't have a ton of interest in going over the show, see this scene by scene, because to be perfectly honest. Um, this episode was terrible (laughs) the the shows well i had brought up the writing right and then you had brought up like we had gone on that little uh ultimate um oh also journey uh, there uh real quick uh, i mentioned um brian michael bendis uh brian michael bendis also wrote my uh favorite uh run of daredevil comics which oh there you go which directly influenced uh that uh that netflix show that was canceled far too soon but it's coming back baby on disney plus it is it is it actually is somebody peered into the uh the ethereal plane of dismay found christopher siege's (laughs) soul and was like what do you need charlie it was like uh more more daredevil and they were like here you go and they hoisted it out from the underworld (laughs) like a fisherman Char- Charlie Cox uh, showed up as Matt reprised his role as Matt Murdock in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Right? Vincent D'Onofrio reprised his role as the Kingpin in the Disney Plus Hawkeye show. So there it it's clear. And like even with the whole like multiverse shit that's going on in the yeah. MCU right now. But like th- this is happening in like the main MCU universe. So they're treating that Daredevil show as canon. Yeah. Which I like which I really, really appreciate. And it also makes me hopeful to see like Kristen Ritter come back as Jessica Jones, because that show was also great as well. I should, I should give all those a chance. Give, I've only given them the maximal try and uh, my attention when something else comes up, I go, Ooh, and then I drop Dare- one thing and watch another. I didn't have a problem with those. I just ended up doing something else instead of finishing them. Daredevil and Jessica Jones, both fantastic. Uh, especially that first season of Jessica Jones is phenomenal. Um, I no, I can't believe I didn't watch it. <laughs> first season, first season of Daredevil is phenomenal as well. Actually, I, I like all three seasons of Daredevil. Um, the 
the first half of the first season of Luke Cage is really good. And then the show kind of shits the bed. Oh, that's what I was going to ask about, because that looked super hype. Uh, the second season of Luke Cage, I don't remember a ton about. I just remember it had a really weird ending. Hmm. And uh, that Iron Fist show that everyone shits on is okay. It's it's not as bad as people make it out to be. Um, and then their big like crossover show, The Defenders, is quite good. But the problem with that is to like really understand what's going on, you kind of need to watch all of the other shows. So it's... Right. So it's kind of hard to recommend that one because it's like you're like going in blind. You're because they like plot elements from all four of those shows, like and directly, too, directly because tie into the defense. Having a really good show where you need to watch other series is kind of like genius, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. When you when you look at it that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> from a marketing standpoint. Um, but from a, a Spider-Man standpoint, um, I don't like how humans look in Spider-Man, the animated series. Um, their necks are long and their heads are small. Did mm, you find? I think it was just, it was kind of a style at the time. There's so It opens up with like the mayor and some other polit political guy, like shouting in front of like a crowd or something like that. Um, and, and I'm like, ugh. All right, so uh, episode opens with um, yeah, we're basically there's two people looking through a lens, and that's the best direction the episode will ever get. It shows. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, the the parallel there. It shows Peter Parker um, taking pictures, looking through a lens. There's like a HUD that lets you know he's looking through a digital camera, and yeah. then taking uh, pictures of the pol political bullshit, and then it cuts to like a um, a silent scope, like green like sniper uh lens yeah so the 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 mayor like introduces some like politic some politician or something and is like hey we're gonna like end prisons or something like that i don't know some, some bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> peter parker is like uh taking pictures of the event and uh silver sable is the one with the sniper rifle just ready to go all sniper by wolf the way on all the ass. chicks in this have a gigantic like like their waist is like, you know, like nine inches. And then their ass is like 20. Like mm. they, 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 everyone is shaped very, like, are, very, are you uh, complaining? Music. No, no. <laughs> um, yeah. So Sil uh, Silver Sable is ready to go all sniper wolf on this guy. Yeah. And uh, Spider-Man. Like, like her heavy makeup that she makes sure to use where being a sniper, you need, um, very heavy uh, silver and black makeup. Uh, Spider-Man Spider-Sense goes off. He like interferes or uh, he interferes somehow. The politician guy gets in his limo. They fuck off. Peter's like Spider-Sense. tracker? Like, yeah, right. There's a tracker. Uh, there's device. a bomb underneath of it. Uh, it's a timed bomb. Yeah. So she the, shoots a little device that attaches to the limo. And it oh, says right, minutes. right. Okay. It's a tracking device. Yeah. Right. I forgot about that. But it's also a timed bomb. Yeah. Which we'll get into because one would think as we come onto a bridge later, um, one would think you would grab the bomb and throw that off the bridge. Well, the bomb was under the car. I thought it was on the tracking. No, I'm, I'm Whatever. 
Yeah, whatever. Who cares? Does it matter? Uh, Anyways, <laughs> we go to a bridge, folks. So we go to a bridge. So the limo like drives away, like onto a bridge, and Peter's spider sense tingles, so he like swings into action as Spider-Man to like save the day. He stops the car. He like tells them to get out, and then he does like the most hilarious thing that I he, he he grabs the bomb and throws it into the water. Right? You would think. No, what he actually does is he says, "Hey, give me the keys. I'll I'll park it for you." He gets into the car and turns Bits it on, shifts it in reverse, backs up, turns, and drives up the fucking bridge. And then, as the car is falling, he like leaps out and like swings away. To me, there and then there's a huge explosion. And he even like when he's backing up, he's even like shoulder checking to <laughs> out the window. It's just I don't even know what it is. There, to me, there's just something fucking outrageously hilarious about the sight of Spider-Man driving a car like in and costume. If that humor <laughs> was intentional, that gives this episode a lot of points. Kind of the only points. Um, other, than I don't think it is, Peter. <laughs> Um, but there's something hilarious uh, about somebody who can travel uh, like 100 kilometers an hour through web. Um, he has verticality. He doesn't need to follow the roads. And then just like a superhero, like calmly getting into a car, you know, checking his mirrors, right? <laughs> do, 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 shifts it into reverse, does the shoulder check, leans over, uh, safety first. And then just like launches this car off of like a bridge. It's it's that's it's not like, what spider-man would do spider-man <laughs> would attach one web to part of the bridge attach the other to the the limo right and then use like a pulley system to pull the the vehicle off the edge right but i like the idea that the most logical like he's still got his license <laughs> yeah. he's got to drive right yeah he's in right? college he for just, christ's sake he just calmly like you know checks his blind spots and then backs this fucker off the the edge and it's so un spider-man like it's really fucking funny yeah <laughs> i i also just find the visual of people like in costumes or like just bizarre out doing like, mundane things. doing like ordinary things like in um uh the game uh, metal gear rising revengeance uh there's a cutscene with like raiden in full-on like cyborg ninja exoskeleton gear just driving down a highway in a car casually as one does and see that game that game knows that that's funny because that's from platinum yeah. games and they 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 have they're, they're a very like playful studio their games are always have like a very like playful sense of humor to them so that game knows that that visual is funny i don't think the writers of that this show knew that they were delivering comedy with this scene I don't I, I don't think they did. I don't think it was to give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they did. But um, based on the rest of the episode, uh, it's easier to animate. It, yeah, it's just easier that, to animate the limo just driving off the edge than like him doing some Spider-Man that physics. That, that's a really good point. And um, he doesn't pull them out as he dramatically steers it off the edge. Do you like do you know what I mean? Like them? Oh, the, the brakes are cut. Like, I actually expected that trope, right? No, they just calmly stop the vehicle and get out. <laughs> and then and the then one guy like, is just like this. And then the one guy is just like, man, that was my favorite limo. Oh, yeah. 
oh, that was my favorite limo. And I'm like, you don't, nobody, nobody owns a limo. You, you hire limos, you hire limo drivers. Especially since he's not even from New York. Like he, he's like, that's what I mean. Yeah. He's a politician from like Washington or something like that from like elsewhere. So it's like, even actually the mayor, he's like running for some point in office, some position in office. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't own a limo, homie. Yeah, like he doesn't even live in New York, so like he it wouldn't even be his limo anyway. It's not like no, he's going to drive it from like DC to New York. Yeah, it, it it was hired. Yeah, you know, you contacted a company when you got here, and you hired a a limo driver services, right? That that's how it works. I know I worked at a very fancy hotel. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like, oh, that was my favorite limo, and it's just again comedy, right? But for. See that that was the writer probably that was the writer. I find it to be funnier. Funny. I find it funny that they were trying to be funny with it than the actual joke itself because it's yeah. stupid. <laughs> it's, it's you know a what I mean. Joke. Like when the jokes are stupid, not funny. If if I got that a feel of it throughout the whole episode, I could give them credit. We we don't see that ever again in the entire episode, so I can't I can't give them credit. <laughs> no, no. Um, but yeah, what what ends up happening here? Uh, the cat, the catalyst is he captured something he shouldn't have on his camera, and him and his coworker, his coworker, that. his coworker, yeah, his coworker, Indy, and they they figure out um, there that there was, uh, yeah, he. I, I don't even remember what it was. I don't really care, honestly. It, it's yeah. kind of badly described. But basically, she's all like, oh, I know why you were able to get such good pictures. And he's like, uh, uh, it, it's not because I'm Spider-Man. It's because I'm lucky. She's like, no. And then, like, like flirts with him and touches his, like, nose or something. It's, you have a good instinct, mister. <laughs> and he's like, want to fuck? And she's all like, oh, well, yeah, I usually go on. I mean, if. You pay for dinner, sure. And he's like, lucky. And yeah, they set up. Uh, yeah, date. there's there, there's this bit where they're like, um, oh, we, uh, we, we should uh, partner together on this case and like we can figure it out. And then Peter is like, yeah, and then, you know, we can also and she cuts him off and like says because she notices something and she's like, hey, were you going to ask me out? And he's like, uh, yeah. So like, sweet. This this uh, this Peter is not. Uh, but as I mentioned, uh, uh, voiced by Neil Patrick Harris, this was kind of a weird point in Neil Patrick Harris's career because this was post Doogie Hauser, but this was pre How I Met Your Mother. So this was kind of before he'd like shot into like pop culture, the pop culture stratosphere. Exactly. It was really um, um, one of those like early stepping stones before he became uh wildly popular yeah it was a it was a transition transitional period between doogie hauser md and barney stinson yeah <laughs> um, and um before he and just out? just just and just before um harold and kumar go to white castle just before that right yeah this is just before uh uh harold and kumar because uh, that came out in 2004, right. I think. That's when I, I think it was actually that movie that really like started p- getting people like talking about ne- Neil Patrick Harris again. Yeah, because he just plays himself and he's this huge like douche. Yeah, yeah. Well, he 
the character Neil Patrick Harris in the movie is a huge douche. He plays a very like uh, fictional version of himself. Fi- yeah, yeah, yeah. That movie is really I, funny. It holds up. I, I rewatched it recently. There's a few jokes in it that haven't aged well, especially since like there's a little bit of gay panic humor on from uh, uh, Kumar as played by Cal Penn, which is kind of funny yeah. because he came out as gay recently. Who did? Uh, Cal Cal Penn, the guy who plays Kumar, oh. apparently. Apparently, he's been in a uh, a very loving relationship with uh, another man for the past, like, decade or so. Well, there there you go. Um, Yeah, and Neil Patrick Harris, too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, But, but, but yeah, uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Uh, Other than a few, like, jokes that haven't aged well, that movie mostly holds up, I think. Because I just rewatched it, like, maybe a year ago. Um, way back when, when like the book version of the bro code came out, one of my exes and, uh, got that for me. Um, I got it in like a loot box or something oh. like that. Like I have it. <laughs> um, and it's one of those things that it's good bathroom reading. I should find it and put it in the bathroom because they're just small little snippets. Yeah. Like e- each page is just a quote is, is a quote or, um, a breakdown of like one of the 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 laws yeah yeah it's a quote or like a a definition of something and um the uh i think my favorite one was uh bro man show bro man show yeah instead of roman show yeah (laughs) um one of the um the the pitch for anyone wondering what the hell we're talking about uh the bro code as made famous by how i met your mother um when the book came out it was advertised as being written by Barney, the, the character Barney, the Simpson, character yeah. Barney, and um, I had it at my place, and I had a friend at the time who was like, "Oh, but you you know that guy's gay, right?" And I'm like, "Sorry, who? Who?" It's like, "Oh, the the guy that wrote that book," and I'm like, "Well, one, it's a fictional character that supposedly wrote this book, but two, two I know it, you mean, I know you two, mean Neil Patrick Harris. It was a team of writers from the show who wrote this book." <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and two, if you're talking about the actor Neil Patrick Harris, he probably did not have any hand in in writing this. Um, and three, absolutely not. Who cares? Also, who cares? Yeah, he's like, an actor for say, Christ's sake. Well, well, not only that, but like, what was your point? Right. So I was like, well, hang on, let's rewind that a sec. And it's funny looking at things in like hindsight when people kind of play their cards. Yeah. Um, being like, oh, you, you know, well, it's the bro code, but it's like written by a, a gay dude. Again, like three, th- three whole, like three whole, uh, what's the uh, points of separation? Not even close to being written by <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris, but I saw where he was like going and I was like, so let's say it was. I saying gay, gay guys can't be bros. Or whatever. Oh no, I'm not saying anything. I'm, I'm just saying like you, you know that it was written by a gay dude, right? So people tipping their their hat, and I didn't understand. Uh, whatever, whatever. I don't ago. mean anything by it. I, I like gay people. Yeah. I, I have gay friends. I just don't want know? them like you know like trying trying to do me in the butt. But uh, <laughs> I. <laughs> yeah. That... Yeah, that that mentality. Yeah, that, that that's um, uh, usually when I like I, I reference the um, uh, in a very negative, always in a very negative context, I reference gay panic. 
And yeah. it's like that kind of Well, that's of why I brought this my own story up there. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even realize it was kind of he was trying to make a point, right? Yeah, yeah. That 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 idea that was really it, it it's kind of falling out of favor in recent years, but it was like even when we were younger, it was really like still like really big amongst yeah, dudes man. of like of like, oh man, if I hang out with a gay guy, he's gonna try and fuck me in the ass. It's like, no. And what you're gonna don't, catch the gay? Don't don't like, flatter yourself, homie. <laughs> oh, oh, are you God. worried that you when you hang out with like beautiful like women that like oh they're gonna throw themselves at you? Like it's Oh god, it, I just hope weird. so. <laughs> Same reason I, I don't make friends with women. Don't want them trying to fuck me. <laughs> My kind of woman, right there. Right. <laughs> oh, what were we even talking about here? I don't know. There's a this really bad Spider-Man <laughs> show called Spider-Man: The New Animated Series, and the one good thing about it is the kind of like a goth adjacent coworker he fucks in the episode. That's where we were. <laughs> goth adjacent coworker of his that fucks him in the ass at the end of the episode. And- <laughs> He's walking a little funny at the end, but he's got a grin on his face. There's a scene where, like, Sable, like, kicks the shit out of one of her subordinates and, like, steps on his balls. And she's like, bad boy, you better go and do a good job. Remember, he has nunchucks. What the fuck is that? (laughs) Okay, I'm glad I I forgot about that scene. I'm glad you brought that up. Because the thing that made me... There were two things in this episode that made me laugh out loud. One was Spider-Man driving the car. Too was this fight because like this dude with the nunchucks, the sounds he's making, he's like, you can tell what era this is from because the dudes, the dudes wearing camouflage <laughs> pants, um, a sleeveless vest, <laughs> and just tribal tattoos everywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But yeah, uh, he's he's fighting Sable and she kicks his ass to prove that she's tough. There's this big thing where like we need to show women kicking men's asses so that, that was, the viewer understands that they're badass. That but, like, was, did we need that? that? That was a huge trend in the 2000s, if you remember. Think back to movies yes. like uh, <laughs> we mentioned Daredevil, uh, Elektra. Think back to uh, Underworld. Like, um, I, yeah, that's like a 2000s thing. Uh, it, it is, yeah, early early to mid two thousands. That was a huge thing in that era. Was showing like hot, tough babes kicking dudes' asses, but always in very, always in very tight clothing, usually leather or like That's the message we need to send at Underworld. Jesus Christ, yeah, that's the message. It's just like women can be sexy and strong and not mess their makeup up. Yeah, I... <laughs> yeah. Um... I uh yeah the 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 makeup thing I watch pro wrestling ladies and gentlemen uh oh I'm not complaining <laughs> I'm that, just that, pointing that, it out that makeup gets messed messed the fuck up when chicks are fighting what I'm saying is would it would it hurt the animators to give her some like smudged up like black look I'm I'm just tipping my hand <laughs> <laughs> just in general but yeah, um, she like gets looks like up she's like cry- looks like she has like black tears. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Evanescence is playing in the background. Um, this was the yeah, time. She, she 
she chokes him out and he's like harder and she like kicks him in the balls and she's like now go don't disappoint me again mister the, the crux of this and, episode is like the the guy that he saved on the bridge was the mayor and some like other like politician dude the crux as of, let's just say what what happened this guy's actually like a eastern european assassin and silver sable has been hired by some mysterious person to take him out and, and his assistant if you could the voice is exactly the same her hair is just different yeah his assistant is literally it, it's just silver sable in disguise it's silver yeah. sable and you can uh, tell from the gigantic like goth like arched like eyebrows and to be perfectly eyeshadow. honest because the animation in this show is so bad and most of the characters kind of are quite generic Look looking me yeah. i i didn't actually i didn't figure it out neither did it i but in hindsight now that i'm looking at it it's it should have been obvious yeah, so Spider-Man and Silver Sable end up fighting because Spider-Man's like, hey, well, they you're... go to assassinate him. Yeah, so, yeah. Sable and like her goons go to literally like kill Peter Parker and like and his friends. But, yeah, because of whatever, like um... like actual assassins with shotguns and shit. Yeah, because of uh, whatever he captured on his camera. And so they they set up some meat or something, and she's like uh, to Peter, she's like, uh, if you like bring the police or whatever, or Spider-Man, then uh, I'm a kill your friends. And Peter's like, all right. And then puts the Spider-Man suit on and swings over. <laughs> so the, the gimmick of this um, very often is he will put on his spider. He'll transform into Spider-Man just off camera in between swinging or jumping up. And as the camera transitions, it'll happen in a split second. That's... I noticed that. You know what that reminded me of was the '60s Batman TV show, when they slide down the poles, and then you hear and you see the intro, and they come down, and then after the intro, they come down the poles and they're in full costume. In the 1966 Batman movie, that was a spinoff of that show. Very funny movie. Little, little mm -hmm. bit on the long side. The the joke, the humor kind of wears thin. I think uh, about like two thirds of the way through. But yeah. um, there's a gag in that movie that I find absolutely hilarious. Where at the beginning of the movie, they they get the call from Commissioner Gordon and they like uh, open open the bookcase and like they they go and swing down the bat poles. And as they're swinging down, there's a big switch with a giant sign that says "Instant Costume Change Lever." And as they're swinging down, Bruce oh, Wayne like cute. hits the lever, and then the camera cuts to the the bottom of the poles, and they as they land, they're in full costume. Well, that's cute because <laughs> <it>, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's basically folks, can, what's happening here. He, folks, he can somehow... you can you can you tell we're big fans of uh, this uh, this Spider Man show, considering we're talking about literally everything but. <laughs> that's sometimes the best episodes of Lasercomb Podcast. Ah, uh, you're you're not wrong. Uh, so, uh, Spider-Man and Silver Sable end up fighting. She, like, gives Spider-Man the, the rundown while they're fighting. It's like, hey, this guy's actually an asshole. I have this disc here that has, like, all this information proving it. Uh, I'm an assassin. I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm like, taking out bad guys here. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm fighting, I'm fighting bad guys here. And but then, like, three minutes ago, her and her goons showed up. 
to kill them dead. Well, and Spider-Man even mentions, he's like, hey, so is your, what about, is your employer, like, cool with you, like, murdering people? And she's like, eh, my employer doesn't care as long as I get the job done. Yeah, but, like, her whole thing is, like, I thought you only killed bad guys, and she's like, I do. And it's like, you told your men to kill the hostages, uh, by the way, at some point, off screen, I, like I've I've watched this. It didn't even make sense when I was watching it off screen. They just capture Harry, Indy, and Mary Jane. Yeah, they just catch catch them. And uh, Sable's like, "Oh, if Spider Man um, doesn't like meet me without like the police or whatever, kill them." And I'm like, "But that's not how hostages work. You <laughs> you don't kill them because you don't get your way. You use them as leverage. That's a good way of." spider-man like taking his vengeance out on you she's supposed to be badass and not like evil but sort of evil but like she's also like tried to like literally shot real bullets because part of this episode is for some reason um peter analyzes one of her bullet shards and then he does off-screen detective work and finds out that the bullets are sold at a certain gun shop. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that's not how fucking bullets work. Yeah, you, you can't figure that shit out from ballistics. There's ballistics where you can find... Um, uh, sometimes barrels have like a barrel signature. I've, I've heard that that's kind of maybe sort of like legit. Um, but like extremely unreliable. Um, but like, you don't like look at the type of bullet, analyze it and go, ah, by the way, the gun store is just a big neon sign that says gun. I'm, and that's where he meets her. And she's like, how did you know I was out here? And he's like, I, oh, by the way, there's a lot of CSI, like, oh, it, I can't make out the picture. Enhance, like literally it says enhance on the screen and the picture goes and becomes HD. And they go enhance, and but the the video footage is shown being saved on a cassette. So how are <laughs> that's that's not how analog video works, folks. Uh, especially like in two, VHS. Especially, especially in two thousand three. I. They literally because it's like whoa, Indy can access it. She's a hacker, and she's just like pressing the enhance button. Hell, it is 2022 at the time of recording. Have you, you tried a, to zoom in any time anywhere? Have you past tried to times? Have you tried to like zoom in on like a low like a low res picture or video and like like maximize it, like make it uh, embiggen it, if you will? Things are gonna look like shit. There is a process that you can do called digital noise reduction, but uh, it still looks like shit. It still looks like shit. It just looks less like shit. It's also time consuming. It's not like instant, like mm -hmm. you see in uh, in movies and TV. It's artifacty. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. But somehow, um, despite the fact that this was uh, being stored on like tape, she's there. There's a mix of analog and digital that doesn't line up here, right? Because it, it at one point it zooms in on a stack of like tapes. And he's like, oh, or do we have it? But then later on, when they're going through the laptop and saving it, he pulls out a thumb drive. Believe and it he's or... like, ha I got the data. Believe it or not, some 
corporations, uh, like their big like data servers, were still using analog tape oh. for storage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember reading a few years ago that uh, Sony, like the the final like uh, VHS cassette was dis- it was made by Sony, and they only discontinued it a few years ago because corporations yep. were still using them in their data centers. Um, yeah, I, I, as recently, there were, as there like, were a lot of good reasons why too. I, I, I read a Reddit thread about why it was actually kind of better to store, uh, store it, media this way. Yeah. It's, it's weirdly more reliable. Although the, um, the emergence of like NVMe, like solid state drives has kind of, yeah, kind of rendered it obsolete rest rip in peace VHS. You had a good run. Yeah. <laughs> Also, I've this is a, a bit of a tangent, but I've noticed a lot of people on YouTube now are calling VCRs VHS players. I grew up in the 90s, folks. No one ever fucking called them VHS players. Technically, they technically I they are. You. I agree with you. And technically, they are VHS players. Not a single person called them that. You called them. No VCR. one called them VHS players. Everyone called them VCRs. But I'm seeing like people now referring to them in retrospect as vhs players and i like, wonder if it's just younger people who who grew up in the the era of dvd players yeah who are calling because dvd players play dvds yeah so vhs players play vhs tapes yeah that's the logic i'm kind of thinking of that yeah that that's what i think it is too but i'm just i'm, ju- I'm just saying no one ever called them vhs players back in the day I, I, uh, I know I'm sounding like a, an old man ranting at this point, yester- but yesterday I've had a birthday recently. Um, yesterday was the first day something weird happened to me where Uh-oh. nostalgia registered as <laughs> cool. And instead of registering as, oh, cool. Yeah. 90 stuff. It registered as dread. Oh, um, I saw a, it, it happened twice, and I can't remember what the first time was, right? Um, but the second time was seeing it on Reddit on the front page as I was going through my phone. It was like, oh, um, my mom um, gave my kids like there, uh, a, bun- a box full of like old stuff as she was moving that she didn't want to throw away. And inside was um, this antique super soaker. And I looked at it and it's a piece of shit. It wasn't a great one or whatever. And it's dirty. And it just reminded me of like certain not great times or like whatever. And super soakers were kind of fun and they always leaked and they never really worked how they were advertised and were shot as far as they were supposed to. And, um, but that sense that something from 19, like mid nineties is an antique suddenly fucking hit me. Like, where I, I was like, ha, 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 I'm old. But now I, I, I feel like calling something like that an antique is a misnomer, honestly. But I mean, if it's almost, I think of antiques like, you know, like 80 to 100 year old piece of furniture in exactly, an antique yeah. shop. Yeah, not yeah. something like 30 years not, old. But... Not a like shitty old like toy that you would find from like the 90s that you would find you at Value Village. Or try to sell it or give it a, on a, at a yard sale. Yeah, you just, just like, find toss. it at Value Village for like a buck because someone buck. Donated, yeah. donated it. Yeah. 
And that's kind of how I felt where like this guy is like, I found gold. And I was like, that's something I couldn't even give away. I'm going to look up the definition of the of what an antique is. Anyways, for some reason, instead of nostalgia, that hit me as dread. And it happened twice in one day and never before in my life. And that was the first time. And I'm not afraid of nostalgia. I think it's positive and negative, but. Uh, generally needs to be at least 100 years old to be considered an antique. There we go. We're not usually, antiques yet, my dude. <laughs> usually objects of the decorative arts that show some degree of craftsmanship, collectability, or a certain attention to design, such as a desk or an early automobile. So that uh, that super soaker was definitely not an antique. That was just a piece of junk. It was, it was a piece of junk, yeah. But, I mean... <clears throat> Front page of Reddit, nostalgia hard for it, I guess. Uh, so, any did you ever know back... anyone? Did you ever know anyone who uh, actually like there was always there was always like some rich kid, like at least for me, anyway. Like I, I would have like someone that I kind of knew because I had like a relative who like married someone who was like upper middle class. So I'd like hang out with like their kids every now and then. Right. Right. So I'd hang, I'd be like the, the low class, like poor kid who would be once in a while, be hanging out with like upper class, like rich kids. I had. Yeah. Yeah. Go yeah. On. Yeah. And like when you'd uh, like, you'd go to their house and you'd bring like your little, like, like tiny, like handgun super soaker. And you had and they, to feverishly like jerk it off just to, make it shoot like three and a half feet and then meanwhile like one of these like uh one of these kids would have like the the fucking like gatling gun super soaker with like the fucking it was backpack. 120 canadian dollars with like the fucking backpack yeah. and the hydraulic pump that <laughs> shot 18 feet yeah <laughs> and, and it, it would just be like in a box by the way like the size of a fucking bike also, I'm t we're talking $120 <laughs> in like fucking 1994 money. Yeah. So like take that and like uh times it by two and a half <laughs> in this day and age. Yeah, um, like nerf and super soaker, like all those kind of like kid shooting like uh toys were kind of like big hype shit at the time yeah 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 oh what else um even like a action figure like even transformers in the 90s like they all had like some kind of gimmick where like even, like beast wars toys we talk about beast wars a lot um like the original cheetor or the original cheetor and the original megatron had like water gun like attachments on everything them. had to shoot water i had water a, or uh, like plastic missiles uh um i had a real ghostbusters figure Right. Um, and uh, we we reviewed a, <laughs> an episode of it. Um, the, uh, the the hot goth one. Oh, um, yeah. We we reviewed uh, extreme Ghostbusters. Sorry, we actually, extreme. Not we real. actually haven't uh, done the real Ghostbusters yeah, yet. Surprisingly. Uh, sorry, it was extreme Ghostbusters. Um, and I had the goth chick from extreme ghost Ghostbusters. Um, and she she had a thing where it shot water. Remember, remember how uh, everything was extreme in the 90s? 
everything was extreme in the 90s extreme um, ghostbusters gi joe extreme extreme dinosaurs was it was it like a uh, uh, a turn of the millennium thing or specifically a 90s this is definitely uh, the all the things that i named were specifically yeah, good, from good like point. 96 yeah. or 97 extreme yeah gi joe extreme Extreme, extreme Ghostbusters. Extreme, extreme dinosaurs. That show. Yeah, things were extreme in the nineties, man. They were. Uh, you know. Go ahead. <laughs> I. They were extreme. You know what's not extreme though is this show. Well, I'll tell you what is extreme. So they save the mayor. The mayor's like, "What the hell's going on?" And Spider-Man kicks the shit out of Silver Sable, and she falls in the water or something. And instead of just killing bitches. They arrest the the other guy and it's like, hey, you might want to check, uh, you know, your this guy's credentials. This guy was trying to kill you. And he's like, oh, geez, I can't believe it. And he takes out a Palm Pilot and feverishly starts writing something. And the, the episode ends with Peter in a $5,000 a month loft. I know, right? I That... Okay, so we like we were complaining it's about the tech. Huge. And we it's were one of those open. Go ahead. <laughs> we, were com- we were complaining about the tech in this show being unrealistic earlier. Um, the fact that this uh, college kid who he's works- eating cereal though. <laughs> the fact that this college kid who works part time or freelance, like selling photos of Spider Man to the Daily Bugle, would does not, not come be- from a family of wealth. Who does not come from a family of wealth would not be able to afford this apartment. He is in one of those. This is in New York City. New York City. He's in an open concept corner condo, right? Where uh, open concept, as if like you can see the second floor. Yeah, yeah. And it's like suspended. It's got like a one of those semi spiral staircases, right? Um, a studio condo is, is, I think that's what they're called. Um, Huge windows like everywhere, like probably five thousand a month, kind of setup. Somehow, yeah, this apartment would have been like a, at least a few grand per month twenty years ago. Yeah, let alone and now. I guess I was talking about now. Yeah, um, more than that. Fuck. Yeah, now it would be more than that. Um, but the thing is, it's not decorated. It's kind of like when you play The Sims, and you you get a new <laughs> new loft. Yeah, um, but you literally spend all your money just getting it, and then you have no money for like uh, appliances or like decorations or anything because the only thing in this shot is no furniture or anything. Presumably, his bed is upstairs. Um, he's just holding milk, cereal, and we a know box his cereal. bed's upstairs because we'll find and out. Guess who comes early uh, this Saturday morning? Um, and he kind of seems nervous about it. Mary Jane. Yeah. Again. It started with a kind of okay scene and it ends with my favorite scene. <laughs> oh, there. Um, Mary Jane I, pops in and she's like, Hey, I don't know how to say this. And he, she's skirting around the truth. But then she's like, Okay, I'm just going to say it. Um, you hanging out with Indy kind of like made me jealous. And I want to, I want to be honest about that. And I want to talk about it. And wouldn't you fucking know it, um, <laughs> zipping up her, um, it's one of those like skirts that zip from the side. Yeah, Indy, that zips down, yeah. Yeah, Indy's like putting her clothes back on, coming down the stairs, and she's like, oh, 
Hey, um, do you want me to leave you guys so that you can talk? And Mary Jane's like, uh, oh, I no, uh, I was leaving. <laughs> no, no, I, I'll, I'll leave. So Spider Man fucks, ladies and gentlemen. Spider Man fucks, and uh... he didn't even do anything. By the way, he was absent. They were like, "What? Okay, who the fuck knows he's Spider Man at this point? Can you help me out here? I, I can't no tell idea. if they do or don't know if he's Spider Man. Indy doesn't. Yeah, Harry suspects." But I can't tell if Mary does or doesn't. But whatever, I, doesn't I, matter. I have no idea. Um, uh, but yeah, he fucks. And there, um, there, there was one scene earlier where him, uh, Mary Jane, Indy, and Flash like all go out to all go out for drinks, and uh, uh, Indy and Mary Jane are getting along really well. But they're both being kind of flirty toward uh, Peter, and Flash is just like, man. Mary? Or uh, yeah, hair. It's, it's the blonde hair. It makes me think it's he the, looks like Flash Thompson. He doesn't he, look like Harry. He wears Oswald. a red jacket and he's blonde. He looks like yeah, yeah. He looks like fucking Flash Thompson. Like I don't yeah, know what the Harry, I don't know um, what the the character designers were it's thinking. It's his internal the monologue that we get yeah. a shot of, isn't it? Yeah, it's his internal monologue, and he's like, "Wow, these two hot babes, and they're both really into Peter. He plays his cards right." <laughs> and I'm like, "Do you? Is that your fetish?" Peter getting laid. I know that's the way it but, sounded. <laughs> he's it's like, a, if he plays his cards right, and then he's like, <laughs> and he's like, wait, no, no, what am I thinking? And I'm like, I'm like, all right, Harry. You know so what? It's okay. I don't. I don't judge <laughs> if you want to sit in the corner. Well, well, you watch your best friend nail two women that you that you struck out with. Yeah, struck out with I. So the the fact that he struck out with them and now Peter is nailing that, them. That's, that's what I that's, mean. That's, that's the fetish. <laughs> that that's important, right? <laughs> he need to he needs to be the the beta in that situation. Yeah. If they were just two random chicks, he couldn't get off. Yeah. They need to be girls that have dumped him or have rejected him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, my and you know what? He knows who he is. But then the part of him is like, no, no, no. <laughs> And it's like, no, no, it's okay, no, wait, Harry. no, no, I'm, I, I'm not gay. That's, that would be gay. And that's that, not that me. That would be gay if I, if I want to watch somebody else, like, have sex with, like, women. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you're not wrong, Harry, but maybe you need to dive but, into why you like that a little bit but more. Maybe, but maybe it's okay, you know? <laughs> maybe it's okay. Uh, <laughs> and, um, so sorry, we, we, uh, Harry we, Fox, are, are sorry. like our, our like stupid headcanon that we just came up with is better than anything in this show in this episode of the show. That's actually in the episode. It's adjacent enough to it that it could be correct. <laughs> so a... um join us next week where um you know uh, <clears throat> Peter has a threesome and Harry watches. Yeah. But the thing is, Harry doesn't want the girls to know he's there. So like he's like, Hey Pete, can I go in the closet and kind of put on a super like a, a bat. <laughs> can oh, I sorry, can I put uh, on a Spider-Man costume? A Spider-Man costume and like shoot web in, in your closet. And Peter's <laughs> like, I would say no, but you pay for my apartment. So <laughs> <laughs> oh god. If you don't talk and to Harry, me about and it Harry's afterwards not gonna jerk all, off either. No, no, not at all. Oh, he's uh he he won't let himself. He 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 has to wait until after they all leave. After they all leave, yeah, and um um uh after they all leave and uh 
you know, still wearing the Spider-Man outfit, oddly. Still, still wearing the but outfit, not, yeah. not around anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that was um, 2003's uh, Spider-Man, the new animated series episode. Yep. Oh, disabled. Right, right. I don't I can't remember if I brought it up or not, but uh, we got some um, with this show. We got some production order versus broadcast order shenanigans. So it was a different labeled episode on everywhere I could find it. So sketchy download the actual according to the actual production code. This is episode 10 uh, Spider-Man disabled. We didn't even say what the name of the episode was. Did, uh, didn't we? Didn't we? No. Disabled. <laughs> it, that's a play on words in the wrong way. Yeah, Can that's just... a, that that hasn't aged well at all. Uh, this episode originally aired on uh, August eighth, two thousand three. Uh, it actually aired on, even though it's uh, according to the production code, which is how it's ordered on the DVD of the show. It's right. episode ten. Uh, it actually aired in broadcast order as the third episode. Yeah. That's why I was like, do they know who he, do they know he's Spider-Man? Do they not know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. The the only way this Peter, either Harry pays for his apartment or um, Spider-Man skimming a little off the top every time he arrests bank robbers, because (laughs) I, like you said, he's like, working part-time as a freelance photographer yeah like the dude's getting paid like 50 dollars a fucking photo the guy's not (laughs) yeah he's like he's like taking like 20 photos to the daily bugle and jj is buying like one of them for like 50 bucks yeah (laughs) he's he he's not uh uh he he cannot afford the apartment that he he is in yeah and then and then he's like tell you what take this one here uh scan it um, going to MS Paint, uh, uh, make it look like he's actually robbing the bank, and I'll give you 75. Come on, chop, chop. I'm a busy man. And, and Peter's like, fuck. So it's canon that he uses MS Paint to, <laughs> to make it look like Spider-Man's a bad guy. This is a picture of Spider-Man saving a cat. All right, go into MS Paint. I want you to Photoshop the web so it looks like he is ejaculating on the animal. That'll and really now, stick it. That'll really now, stick it to Spider-Man. In his other hand, instead of holding uh, onto, uh, sent, instead of holding, um, you know, uh, onto the web, um, get, get rid of the web and put a knife in his hand. <laughs> put blood on it. <laughs> and put Couple blood on the cat too. Put blood on the cat too. People will hate it, and they'll also <laughs> love it. They'll love to hate it. That's my readership right there. Spider-Man's a menace. Spider-Man's a menace. (laughs) Oh, Christ. Speaking of fetishes, somebody can only come when he's hating (laughs) Spider-Man. Yeah. Right? Like, when your whole identity is, like, absolutely, like, convinced that Spider-Man is a menace to society, when it's quite clear that, like, this dude's just, like, helping old ladies cross the street stop uh, stopping perch purse snatchers uh fighting some like lady named sable like the, the police obviously have proof that he's a good guy at this point right and this guy's just out here being like ah pictures of spider-man and i just like picture him and 
at home, J. Jonah Jameson, like looking at um, newspaper clippings from his own paper, <laughs> right? Of like Spider-Man Photoshop doing all MS painted, doing all this like bad shit. And he's like, yeah, you're a bad boy, aren't you, Spider-Man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> Go on, Spider-Man. Tell me how much of a menace you are. Tell Come me. On, tell me you're bad. Are you a bad boy? How bad? You hate me, don't you? Tell me I'm a bitch. <laughs> oh, okay, God. okay. I'm, I, I'm I do done. find it funny. Uh, you you brought up Silver Sable. I do find it funny that um, uh, we're we're two episodes into Spider Month on the Laser Comb Podcast, and both episodes have had Silver Sable in them. The most interesting of Spider Man villains, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> Her shtick is being mysterious and. She she she's a mercenary. She's cooler in she's the comics. Yeah, she's a mercenary. She has like her own like uh, PMC, private military company. Probably wants to fuck Spider Man. Probably. I mean, I'm just biased by this show. I assume everyone does. I mean that that is it. It's the same with Daredevil too. Like all of the like female superheroes around them like want to really want to uh, to hook up with him. But in the case of Daredevil, they actually do. <laughs> yeah uh, i i it's canon spider-man and daredevil fuck new york <laughs> the new york superheroes <laughs> are, are the ones who fuck i i as as happy as i am that um uh that uh netflix daredevil show is being uh canonized into the mcu um a big part of the character of black widow's history is her teaming up with daredevil like they yeah. had a long run together and they like they were romantically involved for a long time. I would have really liked and uh Black Widow has been killed off in the MCU now. Although multiverse shit, so who knows. But anyway, I I would have really liked to have seen them together on screen. Uh especially because like I've read tons of comics where uh uh Black Widow and Daredevil were involved. I'm like yeah. Right? I mean, and, he's, um, got, he's the, got red hair. She's got red hair. Perfect match. Got to right? keep those ginger um, genes alive somehow, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, who's um, the kind of off and on and gone, again, chase me if you can, um, version of Catwoman for um, for Spider-Man? Uh, Black, Black Cat? Black Cat. Yeah. Uh, I don't actually know if anything ever went there canonically. Yeah. I don't think so. I, no, I be, he has other he has other romantic interests. Right? They they've been like super flirtatious with each other over the years, but I don't know if they've actually boned. Uh, if anyone right. uh, listening or to or watching this knows if Black Cat and Spider Man have boned, let us know. Bonus points. Give me a list of everyone Spider Man is canonically fucked, <laughs> uh, besides Mary Jane and Gwen Stacy, because those and Indy <laughs> and Indy, a character who's not from the comics. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, I think we've ran out of Spider-Man's ex-jokes to, to talk about here. All right. Um, so you, you I, I. Okay, oh, I'll ask you. Okay, ask Mr. me the question. Siege, Go Mr. Ahead. Siege, you just randomly watched an episode of Spider-Man the Animated Series. You know, nothing else was on. The other channels were coming in like fuzzy. 
Um, maybe you have a DVD copy that you found at a pawn shop, right? And you're bored and you uh, hit random play and this was the episode you watched. Um, will you tune in next week? I would rather watch the shopping channel than another episode of this show. <laughs> the one of the few times that you will change the channel for much music <laughs> to the shopping channel. I think that's pretty definitive. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> no, I would absolutely not want. I have no plans to ever watch another episode of this goddamn show again. Uh, if anyone, if uh, listeners you know out there, more if, you're, if you're a fan of talking this about this show. Yes, yes. Um, and I, I find that actually happens a lot when we watch something really like bad and I'm just like, oh, we God. almost overhype it because we have so much fun shit talking. <laughs> yeah. When I'm watching it, I'm like, oh God, like, fuck, I don't want to talk about this shit. But then we end up like talking about it and shit on it so much. It ends up becoming fun. <laughs> the, arguably the funnest episodes that uh, we record are the ones where like the episodes are just so bad that the, the tangents and our like headcanon and our, our, we basically rewrite the episode. It ends up being way better than just reviewing the episode if it was good. Well, what about you, Cal? Would you, uh, are you tuning into the shopping channel next week? <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, there was like this kind of like imitation gold rose that I could buy for like three <laughs> easy payments of $19.99. <laughs> and my grandma was eyeballing that. <laughs> And if anybody knows anyone familiar with the shopping network, it's your grandma from hey, the 90s. I was going to say, anyone uh, anyone who uh, was a kid in the 90s and went to their grandparents' house has seen plenty of the shopping channel. Get her that shitty fucking faux gold and red rose for three easy payments of $29.99, folks. Do something and, nice for your grandma. Jesus and Christ. if you call within the next 30 minutes, then you'll get a bonus uh, chain. Uh, gold-plated chain for free. Yeah, for free. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to so call there, within there the next 30 it. minutes. <laughs> next 30 minutes? <laughs> Do it right now. All right, that was uh, episode 38 <laughs> of the Laser Comb Podcast. Best way to support the show is go to Patreon. Patreon.com slash lasercomb. L-A-Z-O-R-C-O-M-B. We're starting at the $5 and up tier. You get uh, bonus preamble audio of us kind of talking about this, that, or the other thing before we start recording the shows proper. You get monthly-ish commentary tracks and a whole bunch of other goodies at the $10 tier. You can pick a show for us to review a random episode of on this podcast. And you this also get- This one right here. This one right <laughs> here. And you also get our weekly-ish, we've been kind of behind on that lately, uh, news and current events program, Lasercomb Tonight. We just recorded a new episode of that. If you like us talking about stupid ass shit, but want to hear us talk about Elon Musk <laughs> and the stu- that guy's just a running meme. That's how you know we're in the dark dimension. Elon Musk exists. Like he, he's a real person. He's like a shitty Iron Man. I was going to say, remember <laughs> when everyone was like, wow, he's really cool. He's like the real world Tony Stark. I was one of them. And he's just, he's just gone like, he's really like taken a nosedive within the past like five years. I just learned he has seven kids and they all have stupid ass names. Oh, I, I only thought he had like two. Today yeah, I he's got triplets, twins, and then yeah. a few singles. <laughs> and probably a bunch of illegitimate children all over uh, the place. Probably. Well, not illegitimate. I, I actually don't like that term. But uh, 
children that he uh, is either unaware of or doesn't acknowledge. There we go. Yeah. Uh, as someone who would be fit the uh, classical definition of an illegitimate child, I don't really. Our last name would be Snow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, go to patreon.com slash lasercomb. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash lasercomb. Or you can follow me on Twitter at lasercomb. And you, Cal, they can follow you at? Uh, I'm on Twitter at NeoCal, N-E-O underscore K-A-L. Uh, we'll be back next week with the next installment of our uh, Spider-Man-themed month of the Lasercomb podcast, where we're going to be talking about the Spectacular Spider-Man, which aired from 2008 to 2009. Uh, this is a very... I've never seen it. Um, it was a very fan-favorite show. Uh, it and the 1994 Fox Kids uh, Spider-Man cartoon are kind of considered the, like, uh, the, the two best shows. So uh, that's what we're going to be uh, covering next week. So we're going to hit screen share here, as always. I've never watched it either. Uh, I remember uh, I worked at Blockbuster when they started releasing the show on DVD. I think it was the first season on DVD. Oh, uh, we had a few in stock. The thing about working at Blockbuster, <laughs> as uh, Siege is bringing up the... Uh... The episode list the thing about working at blockbuster and having tv shows um was that you would it would never be complete right we'd have like volume one three four and six. yeah because each <laughs> di each disc usually only had like four episodes on it and blockbuster would rent out each disc separately so like and inevitably, like, one copy would get lost, so we'd have, like, three copies of Volume 1, like, four copies of Volume 4, two copies of Volume 2, and, like, no copies of Volume 3. Yeah. Man, people binge-watching, like, uh, to fast-forward, people trying to... Uh, for the most part, the series were always, like, kids' shows. But then, when series kind of became bingeable at that era, it was kind of like when Lost Heroes, um, Sopranos, like, those kind of shows... Yeah, remember, remember, folks, this is before the days of streaming. So yeah. if you wanted to binge, quote unquote, binge a show, you uh, you you had to either go buy the show on DVD or go and rent, uh, go and rent all the, and the DVDs individually. In the favorites, uh, way cheaper to go to Blockbuster and just rent like six of those motherfuckers. Yeah, man, I was uh, uh, this is I'm going to stop screen sharing because going on a bit of a tangent here. But uh, man, back in like around the time this show was airing 2003 uh i was really really hyped on a show called the shield yeah 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 which mentioned i mentioned it once or twice which i i would love to talk about on this podcast at some point uh it's my favorite show of all time um but so i it wasn't airing for the first couple of seasons it wasn't airing anywhere in canada so my mm. only and i didn't have cable anyway because i was you know 18 and poor so 18 19 poor um so i was buying the show on dvd when each season came out and this was like 20 years ago so like reading spoilers on the internet wasn't really much of a thing at that point yeah um so but the cost uh and these were like each season was like 13 or so episode one hour episodes i was paying a hundred and ten dollars per season and that was the norm for TV Holy on DVD. Lord. 
uh, TV shows on DVD were fucking expensive back in the day. There was a similar story that you had mentioned about either an anime or something that was like so expensive. Well, Uh, I can't remember what your story was, but you've brought this up before. Yeah, it was Ghost in the Shell standalone. It's slightly different, but it was Ghost in the Shell standalone complex because back then with anime, anime in particular was really guilty of this yeah instead of just releasing a full season they would release each disc individually as volumes like spread out over the course of the year and they would charge you 30 bucks for each volume oh it was basically like five dollars an episode yeah (laughs) yeah yeah because each disc would only have like four episodes on it so brutal Uh, and like you said they'd stagger them yeah so brutal uh, anyway, so back to back to screen share. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you spent so, a lot of money on the shield, is what you're saying? Y- yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> Again, folks, before the days of streaming. So there were 26 episodes of uh, the Spectacular Spider-Man spread across two seasons. So at the old trusty random number generator, one random numbers between one and 26, and here we go. Where it stops, nobody. 22. 22. Uh, that is season two, episode nine, Probable Cause. Peter winds up on a, on a midtown high police car ride along with Sally Avril. Who's Sally Avril? Bluebird? Character from the comics. No idea who she is, though. Uh, as Spider-Man, he, wants, he must once again face off against the new enforcers consisting of Shocker and an upgraded Ricochet. An ox. Oh, Ricochet. Cool. Ricochet. Uh, I will talk extensively about that on the next episode. Because, on the next one, yeah. This because I, I know exactly who Ricochet is, right. and I, I've I've got a lot to talk about with that character. So uh there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back next week with uh episode 39 of the Laser Cone Podcast, where we're gonna be talking about Episode 22 of The Spectacular Spider-Man. Until then, I've been The Siege, one of your hosts. And I'm your other host, NeoCal. Thanks for listening. We'll web-sling you. We'll hide in a closet and web-sling you later. (laughs) Uh, Bye-bye. Shake it up, hooping on it, hooping on it.